Hey everybody, we are another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. We have finished up our series of breaking down all of the one through six cost cards in the game that are you know currently available or obtainable if you're in the right collection levels. So we're going to be diving into something new this week. We are going to be reviewing and looking into the cards that have been data mined uh, that are technically in the game, they're not currently obtainable, and kind of breaking those down. So I do want to give a spoiler warning here. If you're not wanting to know about this, uh, you know, feel free to skip these next two episodes this week. Uh, but if you don't care or you'd like to know and kind of know my opinion and the guest host opinion, then feel free to dive into it. Uh, the episode, the recording was so long that we did decided to break it into two. So there will be an episode today uh, and an episode later this week on Thursday. Uh, this first episode will break down all of the one, two and three cost cards. And the Thursday episode will break down all of the four, five, and six cost ep- cards in that episode. So very excited to break those down for you. Uh, let us know your thoughts and opinions on the official Twitter. That is at camp underscore stop underscore snap. Uh, just a little bit of news for you. It does sound like from just different conversations on Twitter and in the official Discord that a client patch to the game is coming out sometime next week. Uh, obviously, we don't know exactly what will be buffed or nerfed, etc., or if any other changes are coming, but it does sound like we will have a app update next week. So we will be covering that and making sure to give you an update on that once we know more next week. Uh, so stay tuned to that. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. Uh, You know, just want to say thank you for continuing to join and to continue to support us uh, as we've moved on from our first segment of breaking down all of the original cards that are in the base game currently. Uh, If you are listening right now, it means you've made it past the spoiler warning in the introduction to the episode and you are willing to hear about cards that have been data mined and have leaked that eventually will be available in the game. Today I am joined with uh, guest host Raj Tronic. Roger has been streaming the game on his Twitch and has been posting content around Marvel Snap on his YouTube over the last several weeks, uh, has been breaking down decks, has been sharing ideas, and has been contributing to the the wealth of content that's been created around the Marvel Snap game. So, Roger, thank you for joining, and thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Michael. Really appreciate being here, and thank you for that glowing intro. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how well I've been contributing to the Marvel Snap uh, uh, metaverse, if you will, but thank you very much for the kind words. Well, no, I, I've checked out some of your videos and seen some of your stuff, and I've I've enjoyed it, so appreciate you being here. So, before we dive into our breakdown of the leaked cards, I just want to give you a second, you know, just your overall impressions. We've had the game for several weeks now. Um, what have been your impressions of the game so far? How are you enjoying it? What do you think about its future, etc.? So to start, I'm I'm really enjoying the game. I'm I'm definitely playing it way too much, which probably is a good sign, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm the same. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm I'm playing this way too much to not be enjoying myself. Um, I really love the design of this game. I really love, I'm, I've recently become a dad. So the, the ability to play a game in one hand and have games over in like three to six minutes is huge for me right now. Um, and then I feel though right now, because I've been playing it a couple of weeks, like a lot of people, the sort of progression has kind of stagnated a little bit. Uh, I've saw a very good thread recently from a Hearthstone caster who talked about the progression and how, you know, 
early early access to this game you get quite hyped quite excited but i feel like that hype has kind of slowed a little bit but I, I i understand the game is in beta still so i'm not i'm not upset about that but i think a few people are feeling that a little bit i don't know correct me if i'm wrong no i get the same impression as you and i think um seeing feedback from the developers and from the creators of the game sounds like we don't have the complete you know package for a global launch yet it sounds like there's a couple more game modes that will enable further unlocking of cards, et cetera. And uh, hmm. it's hard to, to be able to see kind of the whole picture. I think some people are looking at it with that lens hmm. of, oh, well, this is how it will be forever and it will be hmm. this slow or this stagnant. But, yeah. you know, I, I just don't think we have the whole picture, but uh, I, I totally get what you're saying. I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't want that to be construed as negative. I think I'm really excited to see where they go. And like, you know, we are in beta. So like there will be changes, you know, there will be, I imagine there's all sorts of changes already based on the feedback we've given. So yeah, like you excited to see where it goes and I'm really excited to see what else they add. Awesome. Well, we are going to dive right in here to our card breakdown. We'll be following a similar structure we've followed on previous episodes. Uh, you know, I will be reading out the name of the card, the cost of the card to play the power level of the card and the ability or description of the card. Now these are cards that, are not currently obtainable in the game, but you know were found in the game's code. Uh, I actually chose not to read all of them. I've read several of them, but there's probably about half of them I haven't read. So maybe you know, so I could have some more of a live reaction here. But we will just dive in here, and we will go from uh, the lowest cost to the highest cost order. So starting things off, we have Makari. Makari is a zero cost, two power card. The ability reads: When you draw this, place it at a random location. Uh, so kind of a free play on the board, right? Uh, and you don't have to, well, I, I guess I wouldn't even use the word you don't have to. It's you can't choose where it goes, right? Uh, and you can't intentionally play it. So mm. I don't know. I Obviously, you're getting free two power on the board, but what are your thoughts? I, I worry about the randomness of this. Yeah, randomness. Um, generally, I, I I'm come from a Hearthstone background and zero cost cards tend not to be that good, uh, except for like very niche sort of use cases. The fact that if you draw it, it's you're, you're kind of. I, I like the sort of uh, filter effect it has in your deck. You know what I mean? You 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 draw it and it immediately gets played, but yeah, it, it doesn't. I don't think it ever feels good. Like, and it, it also fills up a board space as well. And board space is precious in this game, so I, you know there is a place for it, but I don't think it's great to be honest. Yeah, we'll have to see if it has any synergies later on. But mm. up next we have Black Knight. I love this art for anybody that wants to come check it out later, but Black Knight is a one cost, two power card. Uh, his ability reads, when this is destroyed, draw a card. So playing into the, you know, the destroy synergy here. Mm. I don't think this is a very good card. Um, yes, it's cycle, but you're also losing two power on the board for an early drop. I, you know, I, I'm happy to be wrong. I think I I love the flavor of it definitely, and I like the adding to the destroy. I'm hoping the destroy sort of mechanic gets more and and moves away from Nova Carnage and gets more sort of tools outside of that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean I I would agree with you. You have twelve cards in your deck, right? So being able to draw extra card in a normal game, you're going to draw nine of your twelve cards, right? Without mm. any boost to drawing, uh, this obviously gives you a, a tenth card. Mm. But like you say. The, the trade-off is that you lose two power you've placed on the board. Um, so not something where you can destroy it like Wolverine, Sabretooth, right? And kind mm. of regain that power or improve mm. that power on the board. So 
I don't know. We'll have to see if there's some significant draw synergies as well, you know, with other cards. But right now, kind of a, a middling to lower card in my mind. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Up next, we have Bullseye. Bullseye is a one cost, two power card, similar stat line. The ability reads, on reveal, the next card you draw will be a two cost card, if any are left. Uh, I think this is interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, there's been plenty of debates Um I've seen online where people say, you know, is Quicksilver good? Is Domino good? Right. Kind of these guaranteed draw a card on a certain mm-hmm. turn. Um, so this kind of plays it's similar. It's obviously different, uh, but the next card you draw will be a two cost card. Now, obviously if you're playing this on turn one, okay, you're guaranteed to get your ramp and to get a two cost card to play on turn two, um, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I guess you could be playing this late in the game if you're wanting to pull something like uh, carnage, right. Uh, later mm-hmm. in the game. Right. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how this would play into current things, but I just, I don't know how this will play into future meta. Yeah. I think the only way this will work, like you said, on turn one, it's a great play because you you guarantee at least a a turn two play. This might be used in later decks that have run one two card, two cost card that they always want to draw that basically their deck hinges on. Um, I, I don't know what that deck is yet, but I think, if there ever does become a deck like that, Bullseye becomes an absolute essential card in that deck. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Up next, we have Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk is a one-cost, three-power card that reads, you can only play this at locations where you already have a card. Um, so, you know, a fair stat line, I, I think, for a three, or sorry, for a one-cost card with that three-power uh, the requirement being, or the limitation being that you have to already have a card on the board. But, you know, I I think this is an okay card. Um, you know, something that comes to my mind is like Ant-Man, right? Ant-Man mm-hmm. ends up being like a 1-4 mm-hmm. if you have the, 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 um, the location maxed out. But this doesn't require you to max out the location. So what do you think? Yeah, I, I, it's not a one cost card because you can't play it on turn one. In my mind, it's mm, it's yeah. you know it has to be a two cost. It's it's basically a two cost card. The only thing I can think of is 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 it, is it Central Park that drops squirrels? You know, if you get that down on turn one and and there's squirrels on the board, then it then it becomes a one cost card. But for me right now, it's it's not a one cost card on turn one. Put it that way, you can't play it turn one. So then it's well. Then you're just using it to fill out curve. Um, you know, if you're playing two cost on a three power turn, essentially, or three mana turn. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can, you know, I can see a place for it again, but I don't think it's a great card. I don't think it's a, a meta definer. Yeah, maybe the the day they have uh, Central Park as a featured location, this will be uh, this will be mm. useful. But other than that, mm. uh, maybe not so much. Up next, we have Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, Elsa is a one cost, one power card. Her ability reads, at the end of each turn, if you are winning this location, plus one power. Um, so we've seen a couple cards that kind of have this, you know, uh, I think of Adam Warlock, right? If you're winning a location at the end of the turn, you get some kind of buff mm. or bonus. And uh, Adam Warlock is draw a card. This one is plus one power. So obviously, if you're able to get her down on turn one and, and keep that rhythm going and, and control of that location, uh you know, that can add up to basically be a 1-7 if you were able to control the entire game. Yeah. To me, it feels like a win more card or, or a bad sunspot. Mm. I feel it's 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 very much requiring you to continue to win a location. And what I think is a cool ability, I think it's a great card design and I love the art on it. Um, I still think it's more of a win more card. 
Yeah, no, I, I could see that as well. Up next, we have Kitty Pride. I love, I love the flavor of this card. It's a one cost, two power card that reads, you can pull this back to your hand at any time. So, you know, she can kind of like go through walls, right? That's her mm. ability in the mm. universe. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how useful it is, but I like the flavor of it at least. I think it, it works well with cards. Um, like, is it Angela or Angela? I, I never know how to pronounce her name. Yep. Um, or um, Bishop, you know, cards that get plus one or plus two when you add a card to a location. So maybe being able to use Kitty Pride to continuously buff them might be good uh, in some decks. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, you could kind of get that bonus over and over again without locking up the slot, so. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Up next, we have Mbaku, I think is the right way to pronounce it, uh, is a one-cost, two-power card. Um, His ability reads, if this is in your deck after the final turn, it jumps to a random location. Uh, I'm going to say thumbs down on this one. Uh, I just... I just Absolutely. don't see Yeah, I, I don't know what to say <laughs> other than I don't think that's that powerful and I don't think it's that great. Um, I, yeah. yeah, I 100% agree with you. This is a very bad card, yeah. in my I opinion. Mean, it, it's just like the, the first card we talked about, Makari, right? Essentially, you're just getting a two power at a random location, theoretically, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, absolutely. It's a worse angel, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Up next, we have Nebula. I I think this is an interesting one. Nebula is a one-cost, one-power card. Her ability reads, On reveal, if your opponent played a card here this turn, plus two power and put this in your hand. So this plays into the Guardians of the Galaxy flavor that we've talked about on previous episodes, right? This kind of, if you can guess where your opponent's playing and you you guess right, then you you get a buff. This one's, I think, very interesting because potentially over the course of the game, you could buff this multiple times. Yeah, it took me actually a while because the text says times two power in in the card. Spoiler. Oh yeah, I I probably misspoke. I probably said plus two, and it's oh, so it is times two power. Is it? It is. It yes. So I I misspoke. Good catch. So, uh, and I was thinking of it the right way, but I I said it the wrong way. So she starts at one power, but if you guess right, then she doubles to two power. You get her back in your hand. If you play her again and guess right again, she doubles to four. She goes back to your hand, and you can you can stack you that can, several times. You can keep doing that, but the downside, obviously, then is long term. If you on the last turn guess correctly, and she's suddenly like she's a one, what's 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 twelve or whatever she could maximum, then she bounces back to your hand. Correct. Uh that's how I read it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you you want to have her on the board? Yeah. I don't know. This is a real. It's, a ri- oh. it's risky. It's so risky, this card. The more I read it, the more I go, wait, is this card good or not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, your your opponent has a location they've already locked out, and you have that extra spot you can play it down on the last mm. turn, right? Yeah, you want to guess right, like three times, four times, and then guess wrong on the last turn. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think it'll be an exciting one and an interesting one to see played. So Absolutely. Uh, up next, we have Silver Samurai, uh, a one-cost, two-power card. Ability reads... When this is discarded from your hand, draw a card. Um, so similar to what what was the one we just we talked about? Uh, kind of like the Black Knight, mm-hmm. but di- but discard instead of destroy. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I like the sort of upside this card have. You know, you can just play it as a one two, um, or if you're lucky enough to discard it, you know, get it cycling through your deck more, especially with discard. 
you want to get through your deck fast with the discard cards. And sometimes you're looking at an empty hand, like you're kind of aiming for an empty hand a lot of the time, but this helps you just sort of speed, speed through your deck a little bit more, I think. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, up next, we have Snowguard. Snowguard is a one cost, two power card that reads, if you haven't played this by turn three, transform it into a random spirit animal. And the spirit animals are either a polar bear that is a five cost, three power card, uh, an eagle that is a three cost, four power card, or a uh, some kind of a jackal looking thing that's a four cost, eight power card. Um, and they each have different abilities. So I guess we should cover those really quickly. The mm -hmm. polar bear is on reveal. Give your other cards plus one power. The bird is you can move this each turn similar to vision mm -hmm. and the jackal is ongoing minus two power for each other card you have here that is a lot to unpack yeah <laughs> do you have any initial impressions of that <laughs> i've had to read this card several times to understand how what it actually does so just for, for the listeners again so if you haven't played it this turn sorry if you haven't played it by turn three it transforms so it, it it's a one two on turns one and two and then on turn three it transforms into one of those beasts Correct. um and i think the third one's a wendigo i'm gonna guess it's a wendigo uh but i could be completely wrong you've called it a jackal but it's it's got horns <laughs> so, yeah uh, I, I i guess a jackal is like a is like a bunny with <laughs> with horns it, i just saw the horns and that's what came to mind so yeah no I, i'm not i i could i'm happy to be wrong here as well yeah I, again in terms of how good this card is i think there's way too much variance in this like you know the, the the three animals are cool it's got a really cool sort of flavor the artwork is slick on this i really like the, the way this card looks i'd love to see some upgraded versions but is it a good card i don't think so i think it's it's a bit meme in my, in my opinion yeah a bit too uh too uh, unpredictable i think in some mm. ways right so yeah exactly uh, up next we have titania titania is a one cost five power card so highest stat line we've seen of the one drops mm. here uh when any card is played at this location this card switches sides uh yeah there's some really some real uh interesting flavor going on with some of these cards um so potentially this can flip-flop across the board multiple mm -hmm. times i'm assuming until um well i guess how am i reading this so when any card is played at this location this card switches sides I don't think that means it switches place with the other card that was played. I think it just means it just goes to the other lo side of the location if it can. Yeah, how I read it. That's how I understand it here, and it, and I suppose it's the sacrifice you make for playing a one five is that you can, you know, the downside to this card is because obviously they've made it really powerful, so they have to obviously provide a sort of counter to that power, and it's yeah, you it, it could end up on your opponent's side. So I, I can't do, I don't want to do this live on the podcast because it's my brain might break, but I'm trying to figure out like if everybody played a card one after the other, where does she end up? Does she end up back on your side? Or, you know, if, every, if, if, if both sides are full with four cards, does she end up back on your side? I, maybe your listeners will, will, will chime in. Yeah, I, I'm like starting to do the math in my head. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> I need a sheet of paper and a, and a yeah. Some sort of like I need some pictures, and some pictures and some diagrams here. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Up next, we've got Uncle Ben. Uh, I like this one. This is a one cost, two power card that says, 
when this card is destroyed, add Spider-Man to your hand. I mean, talk about thematic, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, so you could potentially this add Spider-Man to your hand, meaning I don't believe you need to have Spider-Man in your deck, right? So mm, yeah, uh, I think like... Spider-Man's a pretty solid card, and you could even run Spider-Man and then have mm. you know mm. two Spider-Mans in your deck. So remind again so spider-man is he a three two that blocks uh, i believe the he's a three two and he prevents your opponent from playing at that location on the next turn yeah which is which is super powerful if you're trying to just get it get it get you know you've already sort of won so yeah i i, I sorry if you've already sort of won a location you're just trying to prevent your opponent from from playing any more cards there um yeah i like uncle ben i think that's a good card and, and i love the flavor yeah yeah uh probably one of my favorite flavor cards just thematic from from the comics from the movies etc so mm -hmm. up next we have yo-yo uh i'm not familiar with yo-yo as a character yo-yo is a one cost two power card that reads when this card moves move it back with plus one power so i think this is the first one we've talked about today that kind of works with the move archetype uh mm -hmm. how do you think this fits into the rest of the move archetype we've seen thus far um I don't know. I, I I don't feel the move deck is great or, or doesn't, you know, it's a fun deck to play, but right now I don't think it's a, it's a tier one deck. Um, obviously love seeing more cards that kind of add to that. It's a hard one to know. Like I, I love the fact that it's called yo-yo and it bounces back and forth. That's, mm -hmm. that is great. So I'm trying to think you play, is it iron fist that moves the next card to the left? Correct. But, you know, are you, that's one drop. And then on turn two, are you just playing yo-yo? um i mean there's lots of ways to move this around so it's yeah essentially if you manage to move it like every turn or every second turn you still have a one maybe four by the end of the game which i think could be powerful yeah yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, i think the noticeable thing is that obviously it has to be able to move back to that location and so wherever yeah. you put it it's not like you can like keep moving it across the board um to other locations you have to like be committed to it at that location mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're jumping into the two cost cards here. Uh, up next is Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil is a two cost, two power card. His ability reads: On turn five, you get to see your opponent's plays before you make your own. So the way I'm understanding this is, uh, if you've played him on the board before turn five, as I'm reading this, mm -hmm. you your opponent basically plays their turn five and you get to see the result and then you get to play your turn five in response to theirs. Yeah. This, when I was, when you sort of sent me this link with all these cards, like you, I, I didn't read them all. I read, I read most of them. This card jumped out to me as the most, I won't say game breaking, but game changing cards. This is and then what happens if both you and your opponent play daredevil? How, how oh, does man. that work? This, you know, yeah. does nobody get to see? Because one of you has to play cards. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's just a default to whoever has initiative on that turn or something. I don't know. That's probably how it's going to be resolved. Uh, but I think this is a game-changing card. Uh, everyone will run Daredevil. I, I, I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm predicting it here. Everyone is going to run Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people love Daredevil's character. So I... People have been chattering, you know, where's the Daredevil card? What is his ability? I want to know. And so I think a lot of people will be excited to see uh, this awesome ability on Daredevil. Yeah, so Absolutely. Well, up next, we have another one of the Defenders. Uh, Luke Cage is a two-cost, one-power card. His ability reads, ongoing, your cards can't have their power reduced. And cards, so it doesn't say at location. So 
that means cards across the entire board uh, can't have their power reduced. Um, and I'm assuming that's, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that's by locations or by other cards. Yeah. And does it mean cards in your hand as well? Or is it only cards on the board? Uh, my other question. Yeah. Or... I mean, it doesn't say, but I, I, I've, I've tended to assume when descriptions are written this way, generalized, it kind of means everything. Mm, yeah. We won't nitpick over the exact ability. I'm not sure it's a great card either. You know, it, regardless, may, maybe if we see, like you said, some featured locations that, that do negative power, you know, the, I can't think of them right now, but the negative one, negative two, negative three. Yeah, sewer system. Yep. All those. Yep. All those guys. So, yeah, Luke Cage could be a good counter if that that those locations start to crop up more frequently, or we start to see more people playing like Scorpion or any other cards that you know make your cards negative. But I think we'd have to have like a meta that mm -hmm. has a lot of negative effects before Luke Cage becomes a prominent card. Yeah, it's not a good defense unless the the key offense um, you know mm. is blocked by it. So yeah. Up next, we have Mariah Hill. Mariah is a two-cost, three-power card. Her ability is on reveal, add a random one-cost card to your hand. So similar to Agent 13, obviously an additional cost, and it is a random one-cost card. So uh, I believe Agent 13 is just a random mm. card. Um, so this, for better or for worse, kind of minimizes your RNG to a certain pool of cards. Mm. Mm um yeah it could be good like with the likes of collector uh, devil dinosaur you know adding those cards back in, you know rather than reducing your hand size keeping your hand size large i think it's a middling card i mean it's, it's not bad like when, you know if it gets randomly generated into your hand you don't you're not upset about it but you're not thrilled either mm -hmm. yeah uh i like the rng cards because of the funness and watching what happens when people play them but Mm. I just don't think they're uh, meta-defining or you know really gonna have success on the ladder. So mm. you won't you won't see competitive players running them. I wouldn't think exactly. Up next, I think I think is a pretty good card, but we'll see what you think. Uh, Silver Sable is a two-cost six-power card. Her ability reads: You can only play this at a location where you have six-plus total power. So obviously, there is that requirement. Uh, so mm. you're going to not be playing her on turn two. So that is maybe mm. a, a negative. But, mm. I mean, a, a two-cost, six-power stat line is is mm. pretty good. Yep. I think the only time you're going to be playing her turn two is if the location that gives your cards plus five power is mm. there and, and you yep. play her one drop on it. Uh, what's that? Namor's uh, home. Uh, yeah. Um, Atlantis? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Well, well remembered. Wow, you've got some memory for these cards, for these places and cards and locations. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Silver Sable, I, I, I think 2-6 is a great stat line. Again, not really a 2-drop, but I think that's a good card that just might slot into a lot of decks because getting 6 power at a location is generally not that hard. You know, um, yeah. you'd have to be very unlucky to find a location, uh, play at least one location where you can't generate 6 power. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think she could have some play. Mm -hmm. Up next, we have Agent Coulson. Uh, Agent Coulson is a three-cost, four-power card, and his ability is on reveal, add a random four and five-cost card to your hand. Uh, so we just talked about another card that kind of randomly generates a card. This is, again, limited to certain pools, but you get two cards for this. Um, mm. 
still random, right? So it's maybe not playing into your strategy, but I think it could potentially open up opportunities in a game where you can get two randomly generated three or four cost cards, or sorry, four or five cost cards. Yeah, absolutely. And again, goes well with Devil Dino or Collector or cards that benefit from from your hand being full or or, or getting those random cards. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but random four cost and five cost cards will be will generally be quite powerful cards. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of good. And one thing to note is the, uh, you know, the four cost and the five cost card pools, I think, are the two smallest in the game currently. Okay, yeah. And so there you're kind of like minimizing the RNG, right? Each percentage mm -hmm. pull of each card is better than in mm -hmm. the other uh, pool drops. Yeah. Although the longer the game goes on, the worse Coulson will get, I assume then. Yeah, that <laughs> is very true. <laughs> I still don't see people running them in his deck, running Coulson in their decks, but I think he's a fun, very fun card. And I love his artwork. It's very James Bond-esque. Yes, yes. Uh, great character in the in the movies and in the mm. shows. Um, mm -hmm. Up next, we have Blink. Blink is a three-cost, one-power card. The ability reads, you can move this each turn when it moves, plus one power. So another move synergy card has that similar ability we've now seen on a couple of cards. Obviously, the Vision uh, being the one that's currently in the game. Uh, you can play it much, you know, two turns earlier than Vision. Mm. Um and you get that plus one power. So, I mean, if you play it on turn three and you move it three times, uh, then that ends up being like a, a three, uh, three cost, four power card, which is not great. But if you're playing it with other things that maybe buff if cards move there, et cetera, maybe it can play into that synergy. I don't know. Yeah, I think you have to be playing it in a move deck. I'm thinking of the likes of Craven or, or, or cards that get buffed when you move cards into their into their location um yeah like you said i did the maths on this before like if you're playing it on turn three and, and you only move it once each turn that's only a three for three four which is yeah not great it's it's probably bad uh, in, in terms of other cards you could run but yeah if you have the ability to move it maybe using cloak or other cards that allow you to just freely move cards potentially well actually that's an interesting one how would this work with cloak could you move it once and then move it to cloak afterwards uh, I, I don't think so yeah because you can't you can't really do a double move in that way on one turn right that's true that's true so yeah. Uh, yeah i don't think this is a great card even in the move decks that are looking for for more cards to move yeah yep unless there's a better craven right um mm -hmm. uh, we'll, yeah we'll have to see uh up next is blob blob is a three cost four power card uh his ability reads ongoing nothing can move to this Sorry, nothing can move this to another location. Um, yeah, uh, don't know what to say here. Don't 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 think it's that great of a card. Uh, we're obviously we've had multiple cards here where you've been talking about the move mm. synergy or anti-move synergy, and I just I just struggling all how it all pieces together. Yeah, I don't think this is a good card. I think the artwork is phenomenal. I think this is yeah. the, the 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 card design is very very cool. I like the fact that yeah, blob can't be moved. That's great. But again, unless there's like a meta where your opponent is moving your cards around, kind of like maybe the way like an armor is used to counter that nova. You know what I mean? It, it really feels like a card, a tech card that will only be useful in a certain type of meta. So. I don't see people running this in just a normal deck. Uh, 
you know, phenomenal artwork, phenomenal card design, but yeah, not a great card, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this whole move thing shakes out. Um, mm-hmm. Up next, we have Gene Gray. Uh, and, you know, at first I thought a Gene card would have some kind of Dark Phoenix uh, vibes, but this does not actually have that. So Gene is a three cost, three power card. Her ability reads, on reveal, the next card your opponent plays must be played here if possible. What are your initial thoughts here? Uh, immediately, I like the kind of control style. You know, if you have an opponent, if we could pl- apply it to the current meta, you know, when you know maybe the next turn an opponent might be trying to pull out that Nova Carnage or a Devil Dino and you just place it somewhere else, you know, potentially at a location. It's like, I remember the location that says, you know, ca- uh, cards can't be destroyed or or something like that. I, I really like the ability to kind of dictate where your opponent has to play their cards. So I don't think it's going to be a great card, but I really like the ability it has. Yeah, I, I'm I'm dreaming of a deck where, you know, I'm thinking uh, Dr. X, Gene, uh, Storm, just some kind of combination control deck where you can basically just shut down any strategy, right? Uh, she mm-hmm. kind of plays in that vibe, but I don't know if there's enough there to make a consistent deck. But. Yeah. I mean, you could make a very annoying deck, but maybe yes, not a good, yes. maybe not a good deck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this next one, I'm just gonna make sure I'm seeing the first letter right. Uh, yes, it is an N. So the next no, no, card it's, is it's an M. It's an M. Is it? Yeah, that's uh, her from Dead. It's from Deadpool. Oh, okay. Well, the the website has it wrong. They saw it as an N too. I was like, it makes more sense as an M, but it looks like an N. I, anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Maybe I am wrong. No, I mean you definitely you definitely could be right. It, I think it's just the the. No, poem. it's an N. My apologies. It is an N. Go for oh, it. Oh, it is. Okay. Yep. Well, okay, listeners, we're gonna let you know what we're talking about now. Uh, <laughs> this is Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, it is a three cost, two power card that reads when any card is played here, destroy this card and that card. So essentially, um, kind of another control esque card, right? You kind of mm. know or you're anticipating how your player your opponent's gonna play, and you can throw off their strategy with this card. Yeah. You're you're basically saying to an opponent, you're basically having a making an opponent have a low impact card and they have to play it first you know there's there's i'm trying to think of cards related in hearthstone where you basically have to like you know play a you know for counter spell you have to play a bad spell first if you know it's going to get countered so yeah you have to waste energy to kind of counter this card so yeah um and, and well done for 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 checking the name i i was convinced this was megasonic teenage warhead well that no that's what made more sense to me that why, that's yeah. why i was confused so yeah, yeah. well up next yeah, we I, have... oh go ahead no, no, I was just going to say, like you said, nice, nice, another, another tool in a control decks arsenal. And I think the more sort of control we get, uh, the happier I'll be. Yes, agreed. Uh, up next, Guardian. Red Guardian is a three cost, six power card that reads on reveal, you must play a card here next turn. Um, I assume that's obviously if you're able to, um, but I don't really know how this fully. Holy, uh, sorry, give me one second. <laughs> That's okay. I'll let him sort that out. I just wanted to go back to the Negasonic Teenage Warhead, actually. It, it it says when any card is played here. So you could use it in a destruction deck where you play your next card, like a Bucky Barnes or a Nova or something like that. 
um, where you want to destroy a card. So it does say when any card is played here. So you might want to use it on your own cards to destroy a, a specific card you're about to play at that location. Oh, that is a great point. Um, I guess, yeah, I hadn't really read it that way, but that is kind of how it's written. Okay, well, now that your dad dad duties are over. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you spoke about being a recent dad. I have a couple of kids of my own, and I apologize <laughs> to listeners for the interruption, but hey, that's part of my job. So Absolutely. Uh, well, let's let's dive into Red Guardian here. So Red Guardian is a three-cost, six-card uh, power card, like I said. So on reveal, you, you must play a card here next turn. Um, I'm interested to know if that means, because I'm thinking, what if your location is locked down? Mm. and you can't play a card there does that just mean you can't play a card next turn that's not how it's written but i i guess i'm a little confused of how this plays out yeah i i think you're correct in saying that like if you can't play a card you might just be stuck um because i think it it does in certain cards it does say like if able in in parentheses in brackets if 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 you know if there was the ability to play it somewhere else but i i yeah. think it's you know you're telegraphing where you're playing your next card and you know, three for six is really good stat line. Uh, but yeah, you are basically saying to your opponent, this is where I'm playing on the next turn. And that leaves you open to being countered. So again, I, I don't see this card getting a huge amount of use, uh, even though it's got a great stat line. Yeah. Well, up next, we have Strife. Strife is a three cost, seven power card that reads, if your opponent has 12 plus power here at the end of any turn, destroy this. Um. I I think this card's too risky. I think mm. I think at least in the current meta, most people end up with at least twelve plus power uh, at a location that could obviously change with time. Mm. But uh, it's got a great stat line. But I'm worried this is just going to get deleted most games. It's got one of the best stat lines in the game, surely. Like for for its cost to to power ratio, surely. Um, yeah, but it's way too risky. I mean, unless you have a way to replay it, I, I can't think off the top of my head. It's like, are there cards that bring cards back from the dead? Um, uh, am I right? Why do I feel like there is a card out there that? Uh, uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah, okay. Ghost Rider uh, can can bring back a destroyed card, I believe. Okay, so potentially that's where it might work. Again, very very niche case. But yeah, you're probably never running this card in a normal deck unless it's got some bonkers combos. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I just want to cut in really here, really quick here. We've talked a little bit about the art as we've been going, but I don't know if you feel this way, but I worry because I see so many cards that like I just want to upgrade them to see what they look like, even mm. though I don't actually want to play them in deck. Absolutely. And so I'm like, like I'm looking at this one. I'm like, man, I wanted to see this, uh, you know, with an infinity split, but. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to play it. So, absolutely. Yeah. But I, actually, just on that point, the more I think about it, no, because it says if your opponent has 12 point out here at the end of any turn. So, even if you did bring him back and your opponent still had 12 power at that location, he would be destroyed. Yeah. I so, think... it, it doesn't even work with the combo I just suggested. Well, I think, I think it does because you could play Ghost Rider at another location. And it, mm. I think Ghost Rider will bring it back to that location. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So may maybe, maybe we have, yeah. we have we just made the new meta deck? I think probably, so. probably. <laughs> I think we figured it out. Uh, we'll, we'll see how 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 much it catches on though. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, just want to give you a minute before we close out here. Just tell the listeners where they can find you, how they can consume the content that you're creating, and how they can best support you. 
Yeah, thank you uh, for having me. I really do appreciate you sending out the invite. Um, yeah, Rogtronic or Rogtronic, as most people pronounce it. My name is Roger, but you know when you when you spell out R O G T R O N I C, you'll you'll pronounce it Rogtronic. Uh, you'll find me, you know, Twitter, Discord, uh, um, Twitch, YouTube. I, I've been making YouTube for years. Um, kind of jumped around different, you know, whatever games take my fancy. And right now, Snap is definitely taking my fancy um and yeah you can come hang out and watch me on stream on twitch uh playing this game as well i'm super excited to see where this goes I, i'm hoping to be a part of uh this game for quite some time i hope it keeps going I, I really do believe with the people behind it and the sort of model they have and the fact that it's mobile um hopefully uh, you guys can follow me making content on this for for quite some time well awesome thank you again roger we hope to be able to have you back at some point in the future and listen yeah uh as always, just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for continuing to support. Make sure to, again, reach out on Twitter at can't underscore stop underscore snap to give any feedback about the podcast. Please let me know if there's any creators out there that you'd like to have on the show. And make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss our next episode. Thanks for listening. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, produced, recorded, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.